The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Welcome to Barron's Live, Market Watch Edition. I'm Beth Pinsker, a financial planning columnist at Market Watch. I'm joined today by Crystal Milliken, Senior Sales Director of Boomer Benefits, an insurance broker that helps seniors navigate their Medicare choices. Thanks for being here today, Crystal. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Let's get started today by talking about what's new for this year. Um, With Social Security, most seniors have to make just one big decision, when to start taking benefits, whether that's 62 or 67 or 70 or sometime in between. But when it comes to Medicare, seniors have to make decisions every year. There's an open enrollment period that runs from October 15th to December 7th, mm-hmm. when people over 65 have to decide what plan they're going to pick to add on top of traditional Medicare. So Crystal, what's due with this year's open enrollment? Yeah, so this time of year, beneficiaries can choose to change their Medicare Advantage plan or change their Part D drug plan. And what we're seeing now more than ever is people are flocking to Medicare Advantage plans. In all of my time doing this, generally, people have defaulted to the Medigap, the Medicare supplement. But with the richer benefits that are being offered, people are going to Medicare Advantage plans now more than ever. Wow. Um, So let's just break this down for people. There's part A, which is basically hospitalization. Uh, Part B is like your regular doctor visits. Mm -hmm. And you pay a premium to the government for that, um, which is $164.90 this year. Um, But that goes to the government. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that part B covers certain things, but not certain other things. Um, So... The Medigap policy, the supplement policy, you pay for separately, mm-hmm. or you get a Medicare Advantage plan, and th- that will cover the stuff that Medicare doesn't, the co-pays, the extra costs, that, that kind of stuff. So can you explain that a little bit more for people? Because I don't know if people understand the difference between the supplement and the Advantage plan, which is one, the first major decision tree, right? You have to choose, you know, sort of which direction you're going. Exactly. The the biggest financial exposure that you have on Medicare is the 20% coinsurance that you share with Medicare. So Medicare will cover 80% and then you are responsible for 20% with no cap. So you'll choose either a Medigap, also called a Medicare supplement, or a Medicare Advantage plan. So with the Medigap policy, I would say on average, someone that is turning 65 for a plan G is the that's the most popular Medigap plan would pay between 100 to 150 dollars per month and then you pay your part B deductible and then the supplement covers the rest you don't have any other out of pocket expenses so um, it doesn't cover prescriptions though so you'd have to add an additional drug plan to go along with that uh, so you'd have go ahead that's part D right Yes, that is the Part D drug plan. That's correct. So you have a premium for your supplement, a premium for your drug plan, but then you can go to any doctor or hospital in the nation as long as they take Medicare. So the other option there is the 
Medicare Advantage plan, and you get your benefits there from a private insurance company. So they're network-based, which is much like what you've experienced your whole working life. You have HMOs and PPOs, and you have the, uh, most of them are a $0 premium, and you have co-pays and co-insurance when you go to the doctor. Now, they do include the Part D drug coverage, and then some of them have extra benefits like a Part B give back, um, help paying for groceries. One plan even, even has a benefit for your pets. So uh, there's a lot of extra benefits that are offered. So those are the two choices. Right. So, but it's not a straight up price choice, right? Um, I mean, I know because I've been looking at my mom's uh, Medicare bills for the last year and also seeing her premiums and she was older than 65, although I won't say how much, <laughs> but she was paying a lot, lot more than that. Um, but also she was sick. And so the bills would come in, the bills are still coming in. And I get these statements that are like, you know, $12,000 and yeah. air covers, you know, a big chunk of that. And then I get this, the, the, the rest of it's covered by the supplement plan. And my portion that's left for me to pay um, as her heir is zero. Mm -hmm. um, but she was paying a lot for that sort of privilege. Um, so if you're just going on cost, Medicare Advantage is obviously cheaper. But mm -hmm. what are the drawbacks to it that would make you choose this more expensive plan? So the Medicare Advantage plans are the they're network based. So one of the biggest factors that our clients consider is are my doctors in network? We have clients that have been established with their physicians for 15 or 20 years. And in order to use all those great benefits and keep your doctor. Your doctor has to be in network with the plan. Um, some of the plans have extensive networks, but some of them are limited. So it's a big factor in making your choice. There are also some co-pays, like it's not a zero dollar, you pay zero for the premium, but you don't pay zero for your actual services that you use, right? Right. So if you go to a primary care doctor visit, those are pretty inexpensive, like maybe $5. A specialist might be 45 but then if you get into chemotherapy and radiation treatments, that's 20% of the cost up to an out-of-pocket maximum, which can sometimes be, you know, eight to $10,000. So if you have a health condition like that, that is very costly, then even if you're paying higher Medicare supplement premiums, sometimes it just makes more sense to pay those higher premiums and let the supplement pay for that 20%. Yeah, that was the category my mom was in because she knew what her conditions were and how much they, they all cost. Um, we have actually a lot of um, uh, pre-registration questions that came in that asked questions about what the coverage areas were. And we are answering questions live today, too. So if forever, for whoever is out there listening, if you want to ask questions, just type them into the, the chat box and we'll answer them for you here live. But we got a couple of questions beforehand about um, particular drugs um, that people were looking to get covered. Now, the Medicare Advantage would cover the drugs as part of the plan, but do they cover all drugs? Uh, some specific ones that were mentioned by our listeners are Manjaro and other weight loss drugs, mm -hmm. um, Verzenio, a cancer drug, and I'm going to badly pronounce this, but the, the Bismo, an eye drug. Um, like, you know, uh, brand name specialty medications, are those going to be covered on a Medicare Advantage plan? 
Every plan has a formulary or a list of covered medications, and every plan, whether it's a standalone Part D drug plan or a Medicare Advantage plan, they're required to cover at least two drugs in each therapeutic category. Now, sometimes it's covered for one health condition, but not for the other. So uh, if it's not covered for your particular health condition, you might have to file an appeal or an exception. And we do find success with that sometimes, but there's just more hoops to jump through when you have that $0 premium that you're paying each month. But that's part of what people should do during open enrollment is take a list of their drugs and match it with the plans because they'll, they'll get a list of Advantage plans that are available. Um, will they get a similar list of supplement plans that are available, Part G plans? Or is so, it different choice? For the Part D drug plans, there are uh, typically in each state around 25 to 30 drug plans that are available. So it's important to take your list of medications and either work through your broker or use Medicare's website to enter your list with the dosage and frequency. And that will give you an estimate for which drug plan will be most cost effective for you for the remainder of the year. Um. That seems like a lot of work. Do you have people who um, come like prepared with spreadsheets and like map all of this out or are they really just picking and choosing off of a website? We absolutely have our spreadsheet clients, uh, <laughs> but it is easiest to enter the list of medications into it's easiest to work with a broker, of course, but if you don't want to do that, using Medicare's tool to enter the list of medications with a dosage and frequency, because they will do all of that math for you, and they'll have the medications labeled if you need prior authorization, quantity limits, step therapy, they, they have utilization management tools, and if any of those impact your medications, it shows that on Medicare's website. That's excellent. Um, when you, your organization is one that will help people sort of walk through this decision and help connect them with a plan. Um, where else can people turn for help? You have, of course, Medicare's website. You also have your local SHIP office, which they have um, just advocates for you that can sit down with you and explain one-on-one -on -one exactly how the plans work and what your options are. Uh, there are local agents that you can speak with and you can call uh, the, the um, insurance companies directly if that's what you wanna do as well. Gotcha. I uh, just wanna remind people that we are gonna take questions live. Um, for instance, um, we got a question here from, um, Let's see, there's a whole long list here of questions. Uh, Sunil wants to know about uh, some of the things that Medicare does not cover. Um, Medicare famously does not cover dental, vision, uh, or hearing, but Medicare also doesn't cover nursing homes mm. and either do Medicare Advantage plans. So some Medicare Advantage plans will pick up the dental and the vision and the hearing, but not the nursing homes. Right. What happens with the cost of nursing homes and how do you get help with you know, that cost, which is what, $8,000, $12,000 a month now? Right. Um, unless you are fortunate enough to work with a financial planner and, and get the uh, long-term care insurance in advance, once you get to um, Medicare age and you qualify, you know, if you can't afford to self-pay for a nursing home. A lot of states have a spend down program and you can work with 
an attorney to go through that process to spend down so that you can get help from the state paying for a nursing home. But it is definitely a, a daunting process. Well, that's good advice. Thank you. Um, let's talk for a minute about um, a question we got from several readers um, or listeners, I guess I should say. Um, about working at 65. Uh, there are many, many, many people out there turning 65 this year. We're at peak 65. Lots of people turning yeah. 65 every day and they're still working and they're still working at 67 and sometimes at 70 and sometimes beyond that. But Medicare requires you to sign up at 65. So what happens to those people? Are they still paying for all this and choosing plans even though they're covered at work or do they get some sort of different set of rules? The great news is that you do not have to sign up for Medicare at age 65 if you are covered under insurance that's based on current employment. So a retiree plan doesn't count, but if you are actively working and you have what Medicare says is creditable insurance, so insurance that pays primary to Medicare, then uh, you can postpone taking your Part B you can take Part A if you want to. It doesn't have an additional premium, uh, but you can postpone paying that Part B premium and just stick with your employer insurance. We have a lot of clients that do that because they have spouses under age 65 that need to remain covered under that group insurance. So that is possible to do without having any penalty. You just also want to make sure that your drug coverage through your employer plan is creditable which just means as good as or better than what you could get with a Part D drug plan. And uh, as long as those rules are, are met, then you can postpone taking Medicare. Excellent. Well, that is very good news for the people who are afraid of hitting uh, Medicare's um, extra charges, mm -hmm. which are affectionately known as IRMA, which sounds like your friendly aunt, but really isn't. Okay. And IRMA is uh, a supplement charged uh, to people who have incomes over certain thresholds, which is $97,000 for a single person and you know just about double that for a married couple. So if you're still working, you're gonna be more likely to hit that, that income level very quickly. And then your Medicare premium starts to go up from there. It's not 164.90 anymore. It's several, it can go up several tiers to almost $500 a month or more than $500 a month. Right. So delaying it if you're working sounds like a good idea for that. But talk to, talk to me more about IRMA because people who um, are getting RMDs or required minimum distributions from their retirement plans, who have a lot of income still in retirement, they're worried about paying a lot more for Medicare than, than they thought they were going to. So what, what can you tell us about that? The best advice is really just to plan two years ahead if you can. We talk to a lot of people that are impacted by IRMA. It's not always high income earners or consistently high income earners. It is folks that maybe retired at age 63 and they sold their home, they're looking to downsize and uh, maybe move closer to the kids and grandkids, not realizing that in two years they're Medicare premiums will be impacted. So planning ahead is the best thing you can do, but sometimes it's it's unavoidable and you have to pay those those um, higher premiums. But um, you can you can file an appeal if you have a life event, and we've had a lot of clients have success with that. Um, 
but unfortunately, sometimes it's just unavoidable. And we have clients that will go with Medicare Advantage plans and get benefits like the Part B buyback to help um, alleviate some of that pain from the IRMA. Yeah, and, you, and IRMA's not always permanent, right? So if your tax situation changes, it could go away. Exactly. They look back two years. Gotcha. So two years every year. Correct. Yes. Right. And I've been told those letters that for this upcoming year are going to go out pretty soon. So people may be getting an IRMA letter in the mail for something that happened two years ago in their taxes, and they're going to be very surprised. Yes, they will be shocked. Fortunately, they can file the appeal, um, and there are step-by-step -step instructions on how to do that. But um, it is a little bit of a process, but it's definitely worth it if you can get it to go through. Excellent. Um, all right, so I'm going to read off some uh, reader questions now because we're getting some good ones. Uh, David asks, um, with an Advantage plan, do you still have to pay the premium? I don't know if we were maybe not clear enough about that, but there's this 164.90 that you don't get out of. That's due to the government, right? And everything else is on top of that. Correct. So to get a Medicare Advantage plan, you must have Medicare Parts A and B. So you do have to continue to pay that Part B premium. Some of the Advantage plans will just help you with that premium um, for as, as little as $40 a month and as much as $150 a month. Excellent. And you said some of the Advantage plans have a zero premium. So you're just paying that $164.90 a month. Right. Um, I apologize. So you'd pay a zero premium monthly for having the insurance and then the plan would give you money oh, to wow. help pay for your Part B premium. Well, that sounds like a pretty good deal if it's an, in the network and a, and a service that works for you. Exactly. Yes. Um, and it's, I think it's important to note that if you are 65 and not yet taking Social Security, those premiums are due to the government and the insurance company. But if you are post taking social security, like you're already getting social security, they take whatever you want for your, whatever you're paying for your Medicare premium, they take it right out of your social security before it comes to you, right? They do. They'll draft it out of your check. And if you're not taking benefits yet, you would pay quarterly or you can set up Medicare easy pay where they draft it from your bank account each month. Gotcha. That must come as a surprise to some people when their social security they're expecting one amount and it, it, it's less because the Medicare is coming out first. Yes, definitely. I guess what uh, all of us who are working, that usually happens with our paychecks too, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Donald is turning 65 in February. Congratulations, Donald. Um, does he need to sign up for part A and part B now? Or does that get taken care of automatically? Let's see, February, you can go three months before or three months after your birthday, right? So it's not quite there yet. Right. So you can sign up three months before, but if you're already taking Social Security benefits, you will be signed up automatically. If you're not, you just go to ssa.gov and you can sign up for Medicare benefits only uh, three months before your uh, birthday month. So if your birthday is February 1, you're actually eligible January 1st for Medicare benefits. Uh, but if it's any other day, then they'll start February 1st and you can sign up three months in advance. Okay, so even if you sign up in advance, you're not going to get the benefits till the, the month of your birthday. That's correct, yes. So even if your birthday is on February 26th, you'll get them February, February 1st. Yes, you will. Got to play the calendar, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, 
All right. Uh, is there, Kiko asks, if there is a best kind of supplement to get? Are there different flavors and different types? That's a great question. The most, there's uh, supplement plans A through N that are available, but the most popular supplements are G and N. And the G is the most popular because it's the most comprehensive. You pay your monthly premium and then you just have to pay the $226 uh, Part B deductible. And then you don't owe anything else. With the plan N, you have co-pays when you go to the doctor or the emergency room. And you also have a thing called, um, in some states, it's a 15% um, excess charge that you are exposed to. So if a doctor will bill Medicare, but they won't take Medicare's allowable amount, then they're allowed to charge 15% above and beyond what Medicare allows, and you would be responsible for that difference. It doesn't happen often, but it is a financial risk that you'd want to consider when you're choosing plans. But Plan G is definitely the most popular. Excellent. Um, Douglas asks, are there any previous conditions exclusions? Like, does Medicare just cover everything automatically, or will it uh, hold back on some things. So Medicare itself, if it is medically necessary, then Medicare will cover it. And then if Medicare pays, your supplement pays the balance. Then with the Medicare Advantage plans, they are required to cover everything that original Medicare covers. So they can't pick and choose what things they will cover. You just might have to jump through more hoops to get it covered. Uh, but anything that's medically necessary, Medicare covers. Gotcha. And we got a question from uh, Theodore. Um, no, wait, I'm sorry. It's Rex. My apologies. Um, can you go back and forth between a supplement plan and an Advantage plan? Like if this year you choose Advantage, but next year you know you're going to have surgery on something um, or need some sort of more expensive treatment, can you switch to, Advantage, to a supplement plan? And then the following year, when you think you're going to be, you know, have less costs, switch back. That is a great question. And for the most part, the answer is no. You can't <laughs> wait until you have a health condition to get a Medicare supplement policy. When you have open enrollment, which means that not to be confused with this annual election period time that we're in, the October 15th through December 7th, open enrollment with Medigap is the first six months that you have your Medicare Part B. So once you, while you're in that time, you can get any supplement you want with any company without answering any health questions. But once you're outside of that time period, then you're required in most states to go through medical underwriting where you have to answer a series of questions. And one of which is normally, do you have any pending surgeries or tests, treatments, therapies that uh, you need to seek treatment for? So um, you, it's easier to go to an Advantage plan from a supplement because there are no health questions on the Advantage plans. But to wait to buy a supplement until you get sick, you can't do that in most states. Okay. But during this window from October 15th to December 7th, you can sign up for any plan you want, right? Any Medicare Advantage plan and any Part D drug plan, but not a supplement. Not a supplement. Okay. Right. A supplement this time of year does not impact supplements at all. People often think that now is the time to handle it, but really uh, the time to change your supplement is when you get a rate increase that you're not happy with and you can go through medical underwriting to get a, a lower cost. Okay. That's good to know. 
So who who would benefit the most from uh, getting a supplement plan right off the bat at 65 and just keeping it the whole way through? So it really depends on the health conditions that you have. So uh, in teaching these classes for the agents on my team and talking to them about life examples, I would always say, when my dad turns 65, he will get a Medicare Advantage plan because he never goes to the doctor. Well, right when he was turning 65, he got a cancer diagnosis. And it's a form that um, is expected to come back. So when we set him up for his Medicare, it was a supplement all the way because I know that he's going to pay a monthly premium and then not have any other out-of-pocket expenses to be worried about. And if he needs to go seek cancer treatment at um, a, a facility that doesn't accept Medicare Advantage, then that's an option for him. That sounds logical. Uh, and I'm sorry about your dad. It's okay. I he's with us. He's all good right now. I hope he feels. Uh, I hope he feels good. Thank you so much. Um, James asks if we know the 2024 Medicare premiums yet. Oh, we are waiting patiently for those numbers, but we do not have them yet. We're waiting for AGI numbers, right? Um, yes. Uh, not AGI. Um, CPI. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so John asks, uh, does an IRA does an IRA withdrawal count towards your income uh, calculation for Irma? Irma's got a special calculation, right? Yes. And um, I do not know the answer to that question. I apologize. I know that it is your modified adjusted gross income. That's what they, yeah. they look at on your taxes. So modified adjusted gross income, as far as I know, is um, your adjusted gross income for the year, which would include an IRA withdrawal, with the added back of your interest income uh, from municipal bonds. Okay. So if those were taken out of your AGI, then they go back in. Um, so, yeah, so it looks like an IRA withdrawal would count towards that um, from an IRMA perspective. So that means if you're under required minimum distributions at retirement, which means the government wants you to take money out of tax deferred plans, you know, when you get to a certain age, then you, you that would count. So, yes, yeah, so you want to be careful with that. If you have a lot of money saved and you have to take a lot out for those required distributions, then you have to you have to watch those Irma brackets, right? Uh, Michael asks us: Can you recommend any easy to read explanations of Medicare and Supplement uh, Advantage options? Easy to read is not going to be <laughs> an easy uh, recommendation to make. There, there's lots. I mean, I got a hundred page booklet in the mail. Oh, um, that's not easy to read. <laughs> One was I couldn't even sit there and read that at breakfast. Like, oh, right. <laughs> well, our co-founder actually wrote a book called 10 Costly Medicare Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make. And it is an easy read. We have clients that rave about it. They're like, OK, I read your book. I know exactly what I want to do now. And uh, it, it makes it very simple and easy to understand, just like our blog posts, we, we say that we write them in plain English that so that anyone can understand it. Uh, yeah, but I think it's, I mean, one important thing to note is to go to a source that knows what they're talking about because the rules are complicated right. and features are complicated and they change all the time. So you don't want to be listening to just neighbors and people at the swimming pool and, you know, somebody 100%. saying, oh, well, I get a gym membership with mine and somebody saying, oh, I get pet benefits with mine. And yes. <laughs> 
you don't know what they're what they're getting and what they're actually paying for and you want to look at the, the prospectus for yourself i would guess right there is no one size fits all for medicare it's different for every person for your budget for your health concerns for your needs for your doctors for your medications so you have to take all of those things into account and not make your decisions solely based on the gym membership like you said or the extra benefits those are great but if your health coverage isn't taken care of then it doesn't always meet your needs so you have to take into account all of the factors Excellent. Let's talk, I mean, about what's coming in the future. Uh, there isn't much new this particular year, um, but what's coming next year? I, I know that there are a lot of Part D drug changes on the horizon. And um, one of our listeners, Fred, asks about um, what drugs are specifically being negotiated by the government. But it's kind of all wrapped up in changes to Part D that are coming soon, right? Right. So the biggest change that we saw this year in 23 is the limited cost uh, for insulin at $35 a month and better coverage for the vaccines. Um, the, the piece that's changing for 2024 that is exciting is the catastrophic coverage level. So every drug plan has four stages. You have the deductible, the initial coverage level where you pay just traditional co-pays. Then you have the dreaded coverage gap or also called donut hole. And then you have catastrophic coverage. So with the catastrophic coverage, once what you pay plus the discounts from the manufacturers reaches $8,000, then you don't have to pay anything else out of pocket. And years prior, you had to pay 5% coinsurance, which on a $200 drug is not as big of a deal, but when you're talking about a $15,000 cancer medication, that's a big expense. So, um, so that piece of it goes away and you don't pay anything after you meet that $8,000. $8,000 sounds like a, a big number for medications, but the majority of that cost is the discounts that you receive from the manufacturer. So it's not as big. Um, but then the most exciting part comes in 2025 when that 8,000 goes down to 2,000 and that coverage gap is, um, you know, essentially being eliminated, you, you don't have any cost after that 2,000. I think that's going to be a major deal for a lot of people. I mean, if you're not actively, actively sick and seeking, you know, high quality, you know, high level care, you're right. lots of people take expensive medicines, like mm -hmm. very often, and that could be a big cost savings for people. Absolutely. We're really excited about it for our clients. Uh, we have a question here from Peter, um, more about Irma and how much uh, people are really concerned about this. Yeah, rightfully so. According to Medicare, only 7% of people end up paying a, a surcharge, but a lot of people are concerned about it. Mm -hmm. So it's more out, I mean, maybe they worry about it and then they do enough about it that they don't have to pay. Mm -hmm. which is a good thing because education matters um, or maybe people worry about it and it doesn't really come into play that much. But um, Peter wants to know if one person is on Medicare because they're over 65, but their spouse is not yet like whose income counts. And I think it is probably based on their tax filing status. Like if you're married filing jointly, you're married filing jointly and that's your income limit, right? That's exactly right. Yes. Well, there are no, like you would have to run the numbers and see if filing married filing separately made sense. But for this purpose, it probably. 
it doesn't because they have factors built in. So even if you are married filing single, the gap between the amount that the lowest amount where you can just pay the 164.90 and then that next level, it's a it's a much higher amount because they don't want to encourage people to be married filing single to manipulate the the Irma situation. Yeah, I, I, th I think what gets people the most is like they're not thinking about it, right? And then they get this letter in the mail that they have to pay Irma. Right. And from their taxes two years ago and their taxes, they weren't thinking about that particular calculation and the, and the thresholds change all the time. So mm -hmm. your threshold for this year is this year's threshold, but it's based on two years ago's taxes. So correct. it's a lot of numbers to keep track of. Mm -hmm. You have to think ahead. That's That's hard sometimes. Um, Taba wants us before we close here, which we're going to do soon. Um, Taba wants us to further define the open enrollment period. Okay. Um, we talked about it earlier, but the period from uh, October fifteenth to December seventh. Let's let's talk about what you can do in that period, and then let's talk about the other um, window that you were talking about separately. Okay, so there are there are two open enrollments. One is the October fifteenth through December seventh time period. So during that time, if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, you can change to another Medicare Advantage plan, or you can go back to original Medicare and potentially get a supplement by going through underwriting by signing up for a Part D drug plan. Signing up for that drug plan will kick you out of your Medicare Advantage plan that you have, and you'd go back to original Medicare starting January 1st. If you have nothing, then you can sign up for either a Medicare Advantage plan or a Part D plan. And then if you have original Medicare and a supplement and maybe the premiums are too expensive for you, you can change to a Medicare Advantage plan and it would start January 1st. So really this time period revolves around Medicare Advantage plans and changing your Part D drug plan. So that's one open enrollment. The other open enrollment is when you are within six months of your Part B effective date. And that can be either you're turning 65 or you're retiring at age 68 and you're just getting onto Medicare for the first time. So within six months of that Part B effective date, you can get a Medigap plan without answering any health questions. Gotcha. Uh, we're going to take one last question from John, which is uh, he's in good health and he uh, doesn't think he has very many drug needs or healthcare needs. Can he just have Medicare and not have anything else? You definitely can, but we always uh, use the analogy that it's like waiting for your home to burn down before buying homeowner's insurance. Um, you want to get something in place because that 20% co-insurance with no cap, you know, you can rack up thousands of dollars in bills with one ER visit. And so with $0 premium plans, there's no, no reason to risk that. You're not paying anything extra and you're adding in a cap for yourself just in case something catastrophic happens. Excellent. Well, if you have more Medicare questions, uh, we are going to be having another session later in the month um, with a different guest, but thank you, Crystal, for being here today. You're welcome. Um, we're also going to ask Crystal some more questions down the road and more of Boomer Benefits. And you can contact Boomer Benefits directly if you want to ask them more questions at boomerbenefits.com, right? Right.
thank you so much. And that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thanks for being here, Crystal. Please join us again tomorrow. Barron's Deputy Editor Alex, Alex Yule and Associate Editor for Technology Eric J. Savitz discuss the outlook for tech companies and individual stocks. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a good day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.